2 Peter chapter number 1, 2 Peter chapter number 1, and we're going to read two verses uh, that we're going to deal with this morning, verses 3 and 4. I think we spent, a little, spent enough time on, on verse number 2, amen. Five weeks on, on grace and one week on peace. I know it took a long, long time there, but uh, nevertheless it was... It was a blessing to me in preparing it. I trust it was a blessing to you in hearing it to understand how grace and peace can be multiplied to us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter 1, verse number 3 says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Wonderful truth here, and we see God's divine power, and what I want us to see this morning, God's divine power equips us with all that we need to live godly lives that are pleasing to Him, thereby bringing Him glory with our lives. We're going to look at all things pertaining to life and godliness. And let me state this another way. God has made available to us believers everything that we need in order to not only know His Word, uh, but live out His Word in our lives as believers and, and to share His Word. Everything we need for life and godliness is ours. Now the problem is that many believers do not understand this truth and therefore they do not appropriate what God has given and they don't activate what has been given to them by the Lord for life and godliness. Let me, let me illustrate uh, this for you, if I may. Um, I remember a time or two, probably more than two, uh, when I thought I was lacking something that I really needed. And later I found that what I had needed was actually already in my possession. You ever done anything like that? And you discovered after you go out and buy another one? Okay. Um, but, you know, my problem wasn't that I didn't have it. The problem was I wasn't aware that I already had it. And knowing that I possessed it, what I needed at the time, if I had known that, uh, that would have been really nice to know. Uh, and that is what it is with this case. Uh, a lot of believers don't realize that God has given you what you need. You just need to appropriate it and you need to... You need to activate it in your life. So let me, let me first embed this encouragement in the hearts of my fellow believers that are here today. If you are a born-again believer, and that is um, you are a genuine child of God, meaning that you have turned from your sin of unbelief, and you have believed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, thereby trusting in Him and Him alone for your salvation, um, he has forgiven your sins and saved your soul. If you've done that, then you now have available to you everything you need in order to live a godly life that glorifies God. You say, well, why don't I know this already? Okay, It's right here. 
I know I'm going to share with you, and it's really kind of simple, okay? Really kind of simple. It's complicated, but simple, amen? And we'll take a look at uh, a few things that if we understand these, we'll be way on down the road in understanding what we're talking about. So what are some of the things that we've been given that pertain unto life and godliness? Now, I don't want to be obsessed with the obvious this morning, but we've been given eternal life. Okay? When you trusted the Lord, He gave you, God has given us His life, eternal life, through the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And that's important. Uh, It is through Him. Uh, John John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We've been given the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, according to Romans 6.23. Now listen, when we were lost, we had no real life. That's right. That's right. Had no real life. Now, because we were dead in our trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians 2, verse number 1. And so, wait a minute, Brother Jerry, we, we had physical life, yeah, we had physical life, but we had no spiritual life at all. Spiritually, we were without God, meaning we had a sentence of condemnation hanging over our heads, according to John 3, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. You're under condemnation. You're just waiting to die physically to wind up in hell if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so therefore, being under that sentence of condemnation, we were without God, and being without God, we were without hope, according to Ephesians chapter 2, and verse number 12. Now that is until God's provision for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, became our new reality by the gospel, through the gospel, amen? What a a blessing to go from death unto life. That's what we did. We passed from death unto life at that point. Through the gospel, we received life, God's life, eternal life, and, and by denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we can live godly. Listen to Titus 2, verse 11 and 12. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Okay? If you, if the, that grace came our way through Jesus Christ that brings salvation. He says, Hath appeared to all men, teaching us. Talking about those of us that are believers. Because he was talking to Titus. Titus was a believer. This is Paul speaking here. He says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. This life that came our way by grace through faith opened up to us the other things that pertain to life and godliness. Listen, you'll not obtain uh, a life or godliness, either one, apart from having received the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes being saved, being born again, to have that. Here's the second thing. God has made us partakers of His divine nature, giving us strengthening through Christ. There in verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, 
that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, we know that uh, Paul said in Philippians 4.13 that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The strength to do all things that we are called to do by the Lord comes through Christ by way of our salvation. So how is it that Christ strengthens us? He does so by His Holy Ghost, His Holy Spirit that dwells in us. I want you to turn to, and I'm going to have you turn to some of these. Some of these we're not going to turn to. I'll flip to and I'll read, but I do want you to turn to Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. Christ strengthens us by His Holy Ghost, His Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Ephesians 3, verse number 16. Talking about the what the Father would, would grant us. He said that He, the Father, would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened, notice this, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit. There it is, in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. What is that power that worketh in us? Holy Spirit. Amen? Holy Spirit indwells us. And he says unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through, throughout all ages, without world without end. Amen. And so remember, um, if you will, how Christ promised his disciples just prior to his death that he would not leave them comfortless. He said that he would come to them. And uh, he promised them that he would pray his Father to send the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit is the same thing, by the way. Okay, He was going to send the Holy Ghost to indwell them and abide with them and teach them and guide them into all truth. And I'm not going to turn to those passages in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. You've got the references there. I encourage you to turn and, and uh, uh, in your own time and look at the, the, uh, what Jesus said about Him sending the, uh, the promised comforter, the Holy Ghost. And then after his resurrection, after Christ's resurrection, he told them that when the Holy Spirit came to actually indwell them, that he would empower them. And Acts 1, verse number 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the power that we need it comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen? And uh, the... Uh, the, the, and we'll see some other things here in just a minute about it. But some, some gifts given along with the Holy Spirit, though. Number one, uh, God's Holy Spirit has given us the ability to know and understand His Word. And I do want you to turn to this one, too. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 
You know, before you got saved, uh, you could not understand God's Word. You couldn't understand God's Word because you were spiritually dead. In fact, even the Gospel had to be quickened in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Holy Holy Spirit used the Gospel to convict you of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And that's how you were able to be born again. Apart from the Holy Spirit taking and helping you with that, you would not be born again. But the Holy Spirit has given us the ability to know and understand His Word. Look at uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 9. Notice this. He says, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Now, a lot of folks stop reading there. (laughs) But verse 10 says, But God hath revealed them unto us. Talking about believers. He's speaking to the Corinthian church here, which were made up of believers. And But God hath revealed them unto us. How? By His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. How do we come to know the things of God? Through the Holy Spirit. That indwells us. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And this is what uh, verse 14 Uh, tells us the natural man. That's the man that's not born again. The man that's in his natural state. That is being dead in his trespasses and sins, what that's talking about. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, if the things of God are saying foolish to you, you might need to check up on you. Are you really born again? Amen. Are you, are you saved? Because when you have God's Spirit uh, living within, he, you will receive the things of the Spirit of God. We need to know and understand God's Word in order to live a life pleasing to the Lord. Would you agree with that? I mean, you're not going to live a life pleasing to the Lord if you don't understand God's Word. Galatians 5.16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And we know that when uh, the the Holy Spirit lives within and manifests Himself in our life, if we're walking after the Spirit, our life will manifest the fruit of of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is giving, uh, given there in verses 22 through 25 of Galatians chapter number 5 saying that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And we need those things in our life. Well, how do they come? They come by way of the Holy Spirit living in our lives and us being filled with the Spirit, not resisting the Spirit and not grieving the Spirit, but walking in the Spirit. Okay? God's Holy Spirit also empowers us for our service to God. We mentioned that in Acts 1 verse number 8. God's Holy Spirit has given 
gifts to to others also in the church to to help us grow and to know and better understand His Word. In Ephesians chapter number 4, and I think I got this changed on your handout. I had the wrong chapter there in Ephesians 4 verses 11 through 16 here. says that He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That perfecting means the complete furnishing of the saints. Uh, well, how are you going to have the things, uh, all things that you need pertaining to life and godliness? Well, God has not only gifted you with the Holy Spirit, but He's gifted others to be able to help you with the gifts that they have. And uh, He gives those to us, says, till we all come, in verse 13, till we all come in the unity of, uh, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And that's why the church is important, folks. It's important because God has given us not only uh, His Word and given us His Holy Spirit, but He's also given us uh, uh, one another as other believers that have this, the same gift of, of, the, of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit within them, but God has given them uh, gifts in order to help you grow to know and better understand His Word. Third thing we want to see, God has given us the entirety of His Word. And this is important. It's tied to that gift of the Spirit. Amen. And, and by the way, the Word was authored by the Spirit of God. Okay? He's, he's the author. When you got the Word of God and you got the Holy Spirit, you know the author and he, He's dwelling within, you can, have, you can come to understand what the Lord wants you to know. We know and understand that the Lord reveals to us through His Word how we are to live as His children. God didn't leave us to ourselves to try to figure it out. He has revealed it to us through His Word. The, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, he says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Sometimes things in the Word of God are real plain and clear, just like that. Okay, That is a part of the will of God. Your sanctification as a child of God. My sanctification as a child of God is part of the will of God for our lives. Well, how does that happen? You know, if that's part of God's will for our lives as a believers, how is that accomplished? Well, listen to what Jesus prayed to the Heavenly Father in John 17, verse 17. He prayed for not only for His disciples, but He also prayed for all those who would come to believe on Him later. That's us. Amen. It's, that prayer was made for us as believers. And hear the words of his prayer. Jesus prayed to his heavenly Father, said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
Okay, so if we're going to be sanctified, it's going to come through the ministry of the Word of God applied in our heart and life by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul also wrote in Ephesians 5, verse 25 and 26, that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might, listen, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. How, how are we washed? How are we cleansed? As believers, we're washed by the Word. What Christ prayed and what Paul wrote about Christ and his church goes right along with what the writer of the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, wrote regarding the Bible. That Psalm 119 contains 176 verses. I'm not going to preach on all those this morning, okay? But I am going to refer to just a few of them for you. But the Word of God is specifically referred to in almost every verse. I think if I rem- my, my memory is, uh, serves me well, and it usually doesn't, but I think there's only two verses in the entire chapter of, of Psalm 119 that some form of the Word of God is not mentioned. And now it's called the law, the testimonies, the ways, the precepts, the statutes, the judgments, the fear, the commandments, the word and the words of the Lord. All those things. The different ways of talking about God's word. And all the two verses of that specifically has some reference to the word of God in them. Now the whole chapter tells the great effect that God's word can have on one's life. And it's a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful uh, chapter to not only read but also study. In fact, I'm liable to do a series on it here for long. Amen. Y- y'all know I love series, don't you? You know, you know I do. But that's how we dig in deep to the scripture. Psalm 119, verse 9. Let me give you some, some of the uh, familiar verses. Psalm 119, verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. That's how we clean up our life. Well, you've got to pay attention to God's word. Huh? Yeah, if God says that you need to be doing something, guess what? You need to be doing it. God says you don't need to be doing something, guess what? You ought not to be doing it. <laughs> I mean, it's just plain and simple. Psalm 119, verse number 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And when we're having trouble sinning against the Lord, what defense can we come up with? Hiding God's word in our heart to deal with those particular areas that we're struggling with. Right? Yeah, look look up the particular areas in the in the Word of God, man. We have so many tools today to be able to, to zero in on things in God's Word. To whom much is given, much is required, and we need to use those tools to to zero in on the verses that deal with the areas where we struggle, and it will help us to live a, the, a life that is pleasing to God, and that is full of godliness. Psalm 119, verse 105 is another familiar one. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I mean, we're called to walk in a dark, sinful world. How do you do that? Well, you've got to be, you be in the word. You've got to immerse yourself into the word of God. Also, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. He said that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God-breathed. That's what that means. 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I guarantee you, if something's in your life that uh, is going on that you need some wisdom about, it deals with one of those areas right there. Doctrine is what is right. <laughs> reproof is what is wrong. You get, you get reproof for what is wrong. For correction, how to correct that which is right. Amen? And then for instruction in righteousness, how to stay right. I mean, that, that's where we struggle at, isn't it? Well, we have the Word of God. And it says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. It's, it's part of the all things pertaining to life and godliness that we need. So obviously the Word of God is part of what has been given to us as believers that pertains to those two areas. But listen, possession in your hand, will this do me any good? I can get, I can get the biggest Bible, I can put it up under my arm, and I can, I can go around with it, and I can put it down in my house, and uh, it would be on display there in the house. Does it do me any good? No. Listen. Possession in your hand will never give you what you need for life and godliness. It takes possession in your heart to give you what you need. And listen, that takes putting forth effort. And that's the problem with people today is that they're lazy when it comes to spiritual things. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's laziness. Well, I, I don't have time to, to study the Word of God. Oh, you have time for other things. You choose what you have time for. Okay, We all choose the things we have time for. We need to take time to get in to the Word of God. Look at Proverbs chapter number 2. Proverbs chapter number 2. And I want you to see this. It's just talking about wisdom. And of course, wisdom comes from the Word of God, comes from God Himself. And But this is, it talks about the effort that we must put forth. And Proverbs 2, verse number 1. It says here, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide thy commandments with thee. That's the Word of God. So thou incline thine ear uh, unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Then if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. Notice this. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. I want you to think of the, the pictures that he's given you with that. Is that effort? It takes some effort, doesn't it? If you're going to mine silver going to take some effort. If you're going to go search for hid treasures, it's going to take some effort. And it's going to take some time. Verse 5. If you, if you seek and you search, it says, Then shalt thou understand. Verse 5. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. See, God's not holding back out of you. He wants you to have wisdom. He is the one that gives wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness 
and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When thou, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, and understanding shall keep thee. So see, it, it takes possession in your heart to give you what you need. And that takes putting forth some effort. It takes abiding in the Word of God by reading and studying and, and meditating upon the Word of God. I'm not going to turn to Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, but m- many of you probably know that by heart. But it talks about how our love for the Word of God is supposed to be in our lives. Amen. At, uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. See, it takes abiding in the word, reading, studying, meditating upon. In other words, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes obedience also to the word not just hearing it and understanding it. And that's what James wrote about in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. Okay? When, you, when you are just a hearer and you're not a doer, you're deceiving yourself. That's what he said. But listen, in order for God's word to do its work, understand that you have to appropriate it and activate it in your life. And we're not talking about getting it by osmosis, right? Your nearness to the to the uh, your Bible is not going to do it. You got to actually open it up and read. You got to actually uh, want to learn the truths. So let me summarize as we bring this to a close. God's divine power has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. He's given us eternal life through Jesus Christ. Christ said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, If you have life, are you having it more abundantly? See, you got to have it more abundantly. To have it more abundantly, you got to spend some time in God's Word. Apart from the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ received by grace through faith in the gospel of Christ, you have zero chance of making it to heaven. None whatsoever. Amen. He is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through Him. Take, and if you don't haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, come believe today. God has made us partakers of His divine nature, giving us strengthening through Christ. He does that through His Holy Spirit that indwells each believer. Also, God's Holy Spirit has given us the ability to know and understand His Word. What a, what a blessing to, that the Holy Spirit opens up the Scriptures to us. Also, God's Holy Spirit has given gifts to others in the church to help us to grow, to know, and understand His Word better. And then, God has given us the entirety of the Word of God. You know, we're going to give account one day. We'll stand before God. Uh, and we're going to give an account of our appropriation and uh, our use of what God has given to us. 
To whom much is given, much is required. If the Word of God is not an integral part of your life, you have no chance of living a godly life that is pleasing to the Lord. No chance. Make it an integral part of your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for uh, the blessings that you give. And Lord, that you have not left us in the dark. Uh, You've given us your word. And we, in this dispensation that we live in, we have the entirety of the word of God, which is something that the Apostle Paul didn't have. Peter didn't have. Uh, Lord, we have both Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. We have your word. We have your use of those that were gifted, the the, uh, the apostles, uh, the writers of Scripture gave to us necessary things that we need to know about. We need to get in the Word of God and learn them. Lord, you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But we have a part in it. The first part is to be saved. The next part is to be filled with your Spirit. The other part, Lord, is to be getting your word and allow your word to tell us the things we need to know. Lord, I don't know the heart of anybody here today, but if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, help them to take care of that first part. Get saved. Become a born-again believer, a child of God, Lord, uh, with a, a, a destiny that is heaven. Give them the Give them the uh, strength to step out and get some help today with that. And those of us that are are believers, we've been we all been saved different amounts of time. And Lord, help us to look at our lives and examine them uh, truthfully and, and closely. And are we doing? Uh, our, Are we letting the Spirit control our life? Are we using the Holy Spirit to help us understand the Word of God? Are we digging in to the Word of God as we should to to learn how you would have us to live in this life and have the things to live a godly life? Thank you for giving us the things that pertain to life and godliness. Have your way in this invitation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.